Uh, this is our new series. We launched our new series today, our legacy series. And um, there's like one you, okay? So, okay. Um, now, if you don't know what our legacy series is, it's actually something we do each year. Uh, we actually take up a legacy offering for this church. Uh, it's actually a financial gift into the future of this church and community. And I just want to clear the space really quickly, okay? Because when you hear about giving, sometimes we just kind of, oh, what does that mean? I just want to say, if you're the first time, if you just stepped into this church for the first time and you don't know what's going on, I just want to say there's absolutely no obligation to give. We are not a club that you have a membership fee. This is not a place where you need to give. You have to give. In fact, the scripture clearly says it when it comes to giving. In 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 7, each one must give as he has decided in his heart. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. I think sometimes, I've been in church my whole life and I've heard a whole bunch of messages on finance. And sometimes I've felt like so guilty, I'm like, I'm going to empty my mum's wallet. You know, like I've just literally... But it actually continues on, it says, for God loves a cheerful giver. In fact, you know, one of my goals is we sort of unpack, because it's going to be a four-week series, one of my goals in this series, in this teaching series, is that every one of us will discover the joy that comes with giving. Like, it's actually one of the greatest joys I've ever learned in my lifetime. And, um, you know, I've discovered and I've seen God come through time and time again in my life, just because I put Him first. Just because I'm putting first. And those that know God and have actually been in this walk, you're like, oh yeah, I get that. For some of you, you're like, okay, what's this all about? And you know, over the next four weeks, we're going to unpack the power of generosity. But I also want us to be equipped. You know, I talked about it last week just briefly. You know, sometimes there's a need. You see a need and you want to help, but you have nothing to give. Have you ever been in that situation? You're like, if only I could be the answer to that situation. If only I could be, you hear of a need and you're like, if, I, if we had money... We'd be there. And sometimes we just can't do it because we've never set ourselves up well. And that's actually why we've got Ash and Karen Gulo coming on the 5th of June because they're just going to unpack biblical principles on how you can be financially just debt-free and living with freedom. So when the time comes up to help, you'll just be like, I'm in. Like, I'm in. That's what it's there. Because, in fact, that scripture I shared before about giving without reluctancy and with a cheerful heart. It actually goes on in 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 8. It says, when you do this, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all times, in all things, you will have all that you need and you will abound in every good work. In other words, God's heart for us is that we're both generous with a cheerful heart, but we're also able to provide every good thing when it's needed. Think about that. We can be the answer. We can be the miracle that someone's looking through or looking for because God wants us to abound in every good work. Abound literally means have a large number or large amounts. And what a thought that we as a church could be in a position where we have enough to meet the needs of those around us. I just want to start with that. You know, the idea of itself, I believe, is a beautiful image for this church. You know, as Beck mentioned, we've been put aside as location pastors, and um, today I'm going to share a little bit of vision. I'm going to share a bit of vision of what we have for this church, but the beautiful picture of a church that can actually reach the needs of the community, that excites me. That really excites me. In fact, let's get into today's message. The word legacy, if you don't know what the word legacy actually means, actually means something left or handed down to a predecessor. 
In other words, it's almost like a will that someone leaves after they pass away. You leave a legacy. You know, like, oh my gosh, I've received this will, this blessing because of the previous generation. And I want to say this, that the truth is right now, you and I are sitting in the legacy of those gone before us. You don't understand. If you just rocked up to this church in the last week, last year, maybe for us, Beck and I, the last six months, you've got to understand we are sitting in the legacy of 23 years. In fact, um, you know, I... I'm blown away by the story of this church. This church, I'm like, I'm like, what's the story? Because we've only been here six months. We're new here. So I was talking to Sally Smith, one of the local legends around here. I'm like, Sal, where is she? Oh, she's out back. She's probably out back helping someone or doing something. <laughs> she's everywhere. Sal's everywhere. But the thing is, I was talking to her this year. I'm like, Sal, what's the story of this church? I want to know because I want to know where we're going. I've got a vision for where we're going, but what's the story? And um, she started to share it with me, and I'm going to share it with you guys shortly. But it really comes back to a basic principle that Jesus taught, and I believe this church has done it well. In Luke 16:10, it says, "Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much." And I actually want to honour the faithful. I want to honour the faithful. Before I go into where we want to go, I want to honour those that have sown into this place for 23 years, who have taken the little and have grown it. Um, you'll hear this quoted many times this season, uh, throughout this series. It's a, a little proverb, and it's out in the fore as well, and I want you to really think about this. It says this, Blessed is the person who plants trees under whose shade they will never sit. How blessed we are today to truly sit under the seeds that were sown 23 years ago. We are in the shade of a tree because someone who never saw us decided to sow in. Decided to go, you know what, we want to see this church planted, Elevation Redlands Church. And um, if you don't know the history of this church, I'm going to give it to you really briefly. Um, from what I hear, in 1998, 23 years ago, there was a life group out in Redlands that was connected to City Point Church over in Mansfield. And they had a heart to reach the Redlands for Jesus. And um, in 1999, the group actually made a formal location and planted a church um, just up on Grant Street. And then in 2002, after they were kind of cranking out there, um, they decided to be a standalone church out here. They decided to go out on their own. And then in 2007, the church moved to this current building, okay? And um, we only had one half of it, though. So the kids' side, we didn't have that side. From what I understand, we just had this side, did everything in here. Who was there for that? Was there for, okay, all right. Um, and then in 2014, 2015, apparently we took over next door because we were like, we can't keep the kids in here. We've got to get rid of them. And, um, and so, uh, and ever since then, we've actually been here as the church that's in the current location. 23 years on, and we're still passionate about the Redlands Reach for Jesus. You know, over the next four weeks, um, I'm going to share some new vision for this church and where we're going. Because I believe God's placed it on my heart ever since I've been here. You know, we're going to plant some new seed for some new ground. For the future generations, that will get a chance to sit under the shade of what God is going to do in this place for years to come. You know, um, for me, over the last six months being here as just service pastor, if anyone's chatted to me um, just in a brief amount of time, you'll probably get to know that I'm really passionate about generosity. I just absolutely love talking about it. I love being able to share about it. I love being able to share testimonies of the goodness of God. And um, I want to share some things with you today. You know, I want to share with some things that, you know, that I have here 
that, that I believe that God wants to do. Um, first and foremost, though, I believe for this legacy series that this really isn't about us. It's about the generations to come. It's about our kids, 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 all right? Um, and I'm believing that God's going to do something absolutely incredible. Um, God's been stirring something in my spirit uh, for this community. Um, I believe that God is calling us to have our own home. No longer being nomadic and renting off someone. And that's not about owning a building. It's about being a steward of our money. And just going, we're going to be here for generations to generations. And I'm going to get to that place. I'm going to share a little bit more about that later on. Um, but I, I've got to say this, that um, I actually find this whole thing quite funny to share. Um, you know, I <laughs> truthfully, being up here on a stage and sharing with the church about this kind of message is quite interesting for me, all right? Um, because... I find it funny that I'm sharing a message that was shared to me 15 odd years ago at another church. Truthfully, um, 15 years ago, I was at a church that had a youth ministry and they couldn't keep the kids, like couldn't actually make room enough for the kids. It was just amazing. God was just showing up week in, week out and there were hundreds of kids coming. And my youth pastor actually took us aside as leaders and he sat us down and he said, um, we need to expand the building because we can't fit the kids in. And I'm like, what a great problem to have, right? And um, he said, I, it's going to cost us, and he pointed at this area, and he said, we want to open that up, and it's going to cost us about $40,000. And um, he goes, I'm going to bring it to you as leaders first and see what you want to pledge and put into it. And um, instantly, my heart just went off. I was like, I want to be part of it. Like, I want to be part of this, because I want to see not a building get built, but I want to see more kids reach for Jesus. And, um, you know, my prayer is that when we talk about where we're going, that it will be about that. Yeah. That your response will be, you want to see more people reach for Jesus in the Redlands. Um, I just want to say also, as I get into this, and I'll share what actually happened as a result of that challenge in a short moment. But I also want to just share, share right now um, that the legacy offering is not about tithe. Okay? And... Um, I do want to say that, you know, if you don't know about the tithe and you're maybe new to church and you're like, oh, what's the tithe? Um, the tithe is simply God's ask for his people, his followers. Right from the beginning, he always called his people to bring their first to the temple. You know, like any time they earned something, even their crops and their wine, they would bring their first. 10%, God would put this challenge of 10% to bring it first and God would bless the rest. Okay. And for some of you, I understand that some of you might be like, oh, the tithe's Old Testament. And you might want to get up in arms about that. But I actually believe the tithe is just the beginning of giving. Yeah. I believe it's the beginning of giving. And, you know, um, I believe that God wants to use us. As I said in that scripture, it says that, so that in all things, at all times, you will have all you need. You will abound in every good work. I want to share a story about the tithe really quickly because I believe it's the start. If you don't tithe, you don't bring your first to God. I want to challenge you to do it. Because God wants to do something in this church and he wants to partner with you, <laughs> truthfully. My parents taught me about the tithe when I was a kid, right? I grew up in this Christian family where my parents were so down the line about the tithe. They were like, as put God first, as put God first, put God first. And to the point where we would tithe on our birthday money. You might go, what? Like my parents, if I got 10 bucks, I would put a dollar in the plate. 
And I know it sounds crazy, but you know what? I never had a moment as a kid going, God, you're a big meanie. (laughs) My parents taught me it. They said, you know, as just put God first, just put God first, trust Him. Trust Him with everything, because it's a faith step. Giving is a faith step. So from a very young age, like I remember at the age of 10, this one birthday came around, and um, I really wanted a remote control car, like really wanted one. And I'd watch my Saturday cartoons in the morning, and they would advertise this car every week. You know how they had this amazing, like it's just crashing through stuff and back flipping, and I was like, I want one. Like, it was working on me. Advertising was working on me. And I've actually got a photo of it. This was the car. (laughs) Scorcher. Do you know this, Danny? Did you have one? We need to hang out. (laughs) So anyway, this car was on my heart. It was on my heart. And I remember I knew my birthday was coming up. I knew I'd get 10 bucks from my mum and my, no, my, my auntie, sorry. I'd get about 20 bucks from my, and I'm doing the maths on what I could get together. And I'm like, okay, birthday money. I'd wait at the letterbox for that card, you know, for coming from South Australia. Because grandma, I don't care what you say in the car, grandma, is a 10 in there, you know? Like I just, you know, <laughs> love you, grand. So truthfully, I got that birthday, I got about 60 bucks. And uh, I was loaded cashed up <laughs> and uh my parents challenged me to tithe on it so i challenged, i just did it i remember putting the tithe in and i remember thinking i can't afford this car because well it's just not going to happen because the car was about 85 dollars alone without the battery packs and all the things you need <laughs> so i thought i'll put it aside i'll put the side i'm just going to put it aside in my piggy bank and i'll keep saving next year's birthday, or Christmas, or I'll get a job. I'm 10, I'm ready. And so, um, I remember this so clearly, and so I did that, I tithed on it, and I didn't think much of it. I just just came to the conclusion, I can't afford that car at this stage. And um, I remember about a week after my birthday, my mum came home, um, she was a nurse, so she knocked off a bit later, and I got, she got home, she goes, oh, I was at Big W today, and I saw there was a car on the cheap rack at Big W. And I go, what was it? And she goes, oh, I don't know. I think it was, um, mm, it was a, I think it was a scorcher. And I'm like, what? I'm like, can we go? Like, you know, as a kid, you're like, can we go? Can we go now? Like, can we leave now? Mum's like, it's five o'clock, it's already shut. I'm like, can we go tomorrow? And she's like, we'll see. And I'm like, are you killing me, woman? <laughs> like, it's on the cheap rack. And so I remember this moment. I remember I was hanging out all day. I remember at school thinking, oh, my gosh, could it be? Maybe mum doesn't know what a scorcher is. Maybe it's that rubbish caterpillar one that's been going on too. And so I, I remember getting home from school. Mum goes, we're going to Big W. All right, get in the car. We go, I knew where the cheap rack was, okay, because my parents bought off it often, okay? And, um, and so I get there. I ran. I remember going to this cheap rack going, is it, is it still there? And there it sat. And I looked at it, I picked it up, and it had half price on it. it. But then that had been scratched out overnight, and it was half price again. I got that car for 20 bucks. And I remember, I'm telling you, I remember it because I was like, two battery packs, baby. And I charged those things 24-7. I used that thing every afternoon, double-charged battery packs. I was out on the street making jumps. It was a great time until my brother crashed it into a wall and broke it. But anyway, when I talk about my brother, we forgive, okay? Anyway, so 
So let's not talk about the tithe. Let's not get caught up on the tithe. The tithe is just you and God going, God, do I trust you? If you don't tithe, start. If you, don't, if you think 10% is too much, God sees your heart and go, God, I'm going to give you 1%. Trust him. See him come through and go, God, you know what? You are so faithful. I'm going to go again, 2%. God's looking for the heart. He's looking for the heart. You know, people get so caught up in this, you know, sort of law on giving. I mean, God gave, Jesus gave his life. I mean, I think sometimes we forget the gravity of what we have. And we hold on. And I just want to say, I just want to encourage you. In Malachi 3.10, it does talk about the tithe. I remember sitting at the table that night with my remote control car. I think I had it at the table because I was just pumped. My dad actually reminded me. I remember the conversation. He said, remember, you tithe. God's looking after you. And I love that my dad and my mom imparted that in me. If you're a parent of a kid, impart it in them too. You know, I just think, you know, if you learn at a young age, and like that scripture, if you're faithful in the little, he will allow you to be faithful in the much. Talk about little, one dollar. But you've got to grow the muscle of generosity. The tithe that talks about it, Malachi 3.10, it says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, in other words, into the temple, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. I love it. It's like one of the very few things God says, test him in. Like you're allowed to test him in it. That's interesting. You're not allowed to test him in many other things that don't test it, but he says, test me in this. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven, pour out so much blessing that there will be not enough, uh, sorry, not be room enough to store it. There'll be leftovers to do every good work, to do every good work. You know, I can honestly stand here, and if you want to get in a doctrinal argument, I've never met someone who's come at me about tithing who actually gives. I've never met someone. I've had people tell me how it's Old Testament and outdated and rubbish, and I go, do you give? No, of course they don't. But I've met many people that put God first, and God comes through every time. So back to that story when I'm 23, my pastor, right? He's saying, we need to open up this building. You know, my heart went off because I'd been growing this muscle of generosity from a very young age. My parents had told me what it means to give and to let go and sow into the things of God. And so when my pastor said, let's do this, God placed on my heart a number. And it was something I could not even think about or fathom giving. But I went up to my pastor and I said, hey, um, I'm going to pledge this amount of money to the vision. And my youth pastor said, as, that's like, it's crazy. And I'm not going to say the amount, but I'll say I remember standing there and going, yep, I believe that God is going to make a way to, get, to put this in. And this is what legacy is about, trusting God. That he will provide for you in a way you've never thought. And um, so I said that, and a bunch of the youth leaders decided that they would also put forward some pledges and things like that. And I didn't think much of it um, for about three months, because I was just thinking God was going to somehow drop, you know, some kind of money into my 
like bank account or I'd go to my letterbox one day and someone would leave an envelope or I had these big thoughts of how God was going to provide for me for this. So I'm like, I haven't seen that yet, haven't even got a pay rise. And so I was going through all this and I didn't think about it. And then one day I got in my car, I was actually in Brizzy, I drove to the Gold Coast to a worship night. There was just a combined worship night and, you know, 23 years of age, I'm in worship, I'm just singing to God and God just literally in the middle of halfway through a song that has no relevance to this conversation, God says, as why haven't you given? Why haven't you given that pledge? And I had an argument with God. I said, God, I don't have the money. I don't have the money. I haven't been given the money. And God dropped in my spirit. He said, as it's your car money. And I was like, what do you mean? It can't be. He's like, it's your car money. Now, what he meant by that is for literally three years, I'd been saving for a certain car, putting aside everything I could possibly and it was in another account, and it was there, and it was growing, and I was pretty close, and he said, it's your car money, as I've provided for you, it's your car money. And I'm sitting there going, no. <laughs> and then I felt the Holy Spirit say something, and I, I pray he never has to say this to you. He says, as let your yes be yes, and your no be no. He says, I'm not impressed, double or nothing. I'm like, that's all of it. And I was like, nah, this is stupid. This worship night's rubbish. I'm out. (laughs) So I go home and I'm wrestling for an hour up the M1. No, that can't be. You couldn't possibly ask me to give up the thing that I've been working towards for three years. God says, I want it. I couldn't sleep that night, and that's actually how I know these days in my spirit when God asked me to give something. I can't sleep (laughs) until I do it. (laughs) Truthfully, I can't sleep until I do it. The next morning, I knew that I had to give this money away. I remember going to a bank, withdrawing it all, calling my youth pastor and said, I've got some money for you. And as I was driving to the church... And I rocked up. Before I gave it to my pastor, I said, God, I want to see thousands of kids saved in this place. And I don't know if you're supposed to do deals with God. <laughs> I doctrinally, I'm not sure. <laughs> and you test him in giving. And stuff. But I remember saying to God, God, I want a soul for every dollar. I want to solve for every dollar. I gave it, and it was interesting. My pastor called me later that afternoon. He said, as something amazing has happened, he said, we were just going to move this wall, but because of what you've brought and what other leaders have brought, the senior leadership of the church is so inspired by the youth leaders, we're opening the whole thing up. And I actually opened up a space for an extra 100 kids to be in there. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. I actually got so much joy out of that. You know, it's interesting. Some people, you might be like, so, where's the miracle? Did you get your car? No. In fact, the next 10 years were pretty rubbish. I lost everything with the GFC. Um, I lost my job twice. I had two redundancies in that season, that next season. Um, There were times where I could have desperately used that money. 
but God always provided just enough. And then I remember about, probably about four years ago, um, I'd started a business about 10 years ago, and about four years ago, I'd done the biggest week of my life financially. Biggest ever. And I was pretty proud of myself. And on a Friday, I sat down and I was having a cold drink just thinking about the week that had been and the blessing that I had had from my business. And instantly, God just dropped in my spirit, Hey, Az, what took you three years to save, I can return in a week. What took you three years to save, I can return in a week. You know, too often in church, we have this prosperity doctrine where we think God's like a pokey machine. Oh, I'm getting, oh, I hope I win. No, no, no. God's looking for your heart. I'll never talk about the number or the amount that I gave, but it was the sacrifice that I remember. For some of you, that number, you're like, is that it? God's looking for an equal sacrifice. So what's the vision for this church? I want to sow it right now. As I mentioned before, I believe Elevation wholeheartedly. We need a permanent home. You know, even last week, we had one of the neighbouring businesses tell us off because we took up all their car parks. I'm like, good problem to have. I hate to say it, church, we've broken a few COVID rules when we didn't mean to with the numbers in this place. The baptism weekend, we were like, put them outside. (laughs) That's a good problem to have. But it is a problem because we don't want to stay this sort of size that people come in, oh, there's no seats for me. We want to make sure that we actually have a home that anyone in the Redlands can come to. You know, my heart, and I know Beck in my heart, is that in the next 18 to 24 months, we purchase a building we call our own. As I mentioned before, the reason for this is not so we have a building that we may be stewards of our money. At the moment, we pay off a $2.5 million mortgage with our rent. That could be going to the kingdom. I'm really passionate about finance. You know, this, this year's legacy, by, by the way, just so the money that's raised will go towards upgrading this home. It's about the home we're in right now. Some of the money will go towards upgrading some of the sound equipment because it's being held together by gaff tape. Yeah. <laughs> Dean's at the back, amen. But just so you know, we're going to be wise with that because whenever we get our home, we'll take it with us. We're going to be a steward. The second is that we actually have a deposit for our future home. Anyone who knows in this current state you want to buy a home, you've got to be ready to go. You have to strike while the iron's hot. But if you don't have a deposit, you are dead in the water. So we're looking for a future deposit. This legacy goal for 2021 is that we raise $100,000. Some of you are like, come on. Some of you are like, is that it? If you're one of those people that's like, is that it? You need to see me. No, truthfully, because there's actually a gift. One of the giftings is generosity. Uh, there's actually, a, and I believe that God has placed it on my own life over the years. Some of you are like, man, 
I'm coming with you. And if you've got that gift on your life, you need to grow it. Because God wants to do so much more in your life than you can imagine. So see me. We're going to put some, as I said, towards this current building, some towards the future. We're going to be stewards of what we have. Jeff, you know our church is in a, in a strong position at the moment, but we've got so far to go. The other reason we want to strike in the next 18 to 24 months, yes, real estate at the moment is going through the roof for properties where people can live, but commercial property is cheap. You know, so I believe that God is saying, hey, it's time to get a home. It's time to get a home. There's a couple of other things I want to bring up that, see, I've been in church for years and people don't tell you the, straight up what you need. If you don't ask, you will not receive, right? So I'm being really down the line today. There's a few things with this legacy I want you to think about. I want you to go away and pray about what God's going to call you to in four weeks. I never knew this when I've been giving over the years because I run a business and I'm always looking for tax write-offs, right? If you're a business owner, you understand that. And I never realized in the church world, if you give it, we can do tax deductibility, but it's very limited what we can do with that finance. We actually can't put it towards a building. And for some of you business owners, that means it's going to be a real sacrifice because it's like, oh man, I could have written that off and I could have, I want you just to pray about it. It's okay if you do and you need that tax deductibility. I know over the years, even being part of Elevation GC, I've done that because I've needed that write-off. But maybe God's calling you to something different this year. It's interesting, I ran into that pastor for that church that I sowed into when I was uh, 23. I find it fascinating the timing that only a year ago, I was in another worship session, a year and a half ago, sorry, start of 2019. Um... I was in this, I got invited to Florida to go to a, a, a conference. It was really lovely to be there. It was Reinhard Bonnke's ministry, if you know him. And I was in a worship session and um, God did it again. He said, as, you know what he did those years back, he was wanting you to double. And I was freaking out, freaking out. But I knew because I couldn't sleep. I flew home and I got in the car to Beck and I said, babe, God's asking us to do this. And she almost fell out of a seat in the car and rolled onto the highway. Like that sort of... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and can I tell you, I had, like, it was actually amazing. One of the things I love about Beck, uh, and we'll talk, I'll talk about this over the next few weeks, she has always brought something into our marriage that I love. She always says to err on the side of generosity. We go to a wedding, I go, we'll give her much, this much cash or whatever. She goes, no, more. Or we should do this. And she goes, a little bit more. And I'm like, really? Err on the side of generosity. If you're choosing this or that, choose the generous one. And... Um, <laughs> I remember I was sitting in the week of legacy. This is two years ago. Well, before we even thought we'd ever be pastors. So this is really weird for me to share this. And um, she wasn't quite sure. And we've always landed on the same page in this stuff. She wasn't quite sure. And so up until that day, she's like, what about this amount? And I knew wholeheartedly within my heart that God had said this amount, but hadn't revealed it to Beck. 
I'm like, God, would you reveal it to Beck? And so I'm there going, I know what I need to do. I know that I'm being disobedient if I don't. And so we get to the final song before we're going to fill out a form like we'll do in three or four weeks' time. And Beck, in that worship song, she leans over, she goes, it's that amount. So we filled it out and the joy that came. I just felt like God was like, oh my, and I was so excited. I'm like, God, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And so from June of, of that year, right through six months, I'm paying off my commitment out of my business. I'm just like, another, whatever. And it comes to January of 2020. And my business goes really well at the start of the year and money came in and I was like, this is my moment to pay that thing I thought was never possible. So I cleared out our bank account before February. I just emptied it out and I was like, we did it. We stretched that muscle and something I never thought was possible. And then COVID hit. Literally two weeks later. And I lost seven months work in three days. And I was like, God, I've just given you everything. And for three weeks, I, I looked at things and I remember saying to Beck, we'll wait, we will survive until April. God came through. Thank you, ScoMo and JobKeeper. <laughs> Truthfully, God just blessed us on blessing, on blessing, on blessing, on blessing. Last year, I just laughed at the goodness of God. I'm like, no one can see this happen. I bought a house with a friend two weeks before COVID hit and it settled. It was a knockdown job. And I truthfully thought as soon as COVID hit, me and my mate, we were in a good financial position and now we were in the worst financial position. He was an AFL player, lost all his money. I lost all of mine and we had this condemned house and we're like, we're going to lose here. Who would know that God was going to bring the greatest financial growth in property ever? And we've just sold it. And God has blessed us again. One year later. <laughs> it's amazing what God can do when you put him first. It's amazing. You know, I share these stories. I, I must admit, coming into this series, I've been wrestling with this sort of thing. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing when it comes to giving. Allow God to... I've received the blessing from God. And I, I know wholeheartedly God has looked after me. And I've felt God say, look, as teach it, because I want that for everyone in your church. In Luke 14, 13 to 14, it says, as Jesus is, is sharing, and he talks about giving. It's very interesting. He says this, when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the, un, uh, resurrection of the righteous. What does that mean? With this legacy offering, it's very easy for us to give when we think we're going to get something back. Right? So we go, I'll give this much money to the future of the church because I will get more cakes after the service or something. I don't know. <laughs> you might have something in your mind, like I'm going to have the best church ever, the best sound because I get, and you kind of start thinking, you're actually giving to yourself when you do that. You're not giving to God, you're giving to yourself. And Jesus is making it very clear, when you give, give to someone who can't give back. And that's what I mean by this quote, blessed is the person who plants trees under whose shade they will never sit. I want you to think when you're giving, not about what you're going to get in the next couple of years, but what the generations beyond will get. Because we sit in the shade of those that have gone before us. 
I'm really excited about this season. But more importantly, I'm more excited about the people that will meet Jesus. What an honour that God would partner with us to bring his kingdom on earth. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We believe this message will inspire you into greater intimacy with Jesus, relationship with others and influence in your world. If you would like to know more about us, you can visit us online at www.elevationchurch.com.au.